Hi, I'm Luis Hilson. And I'm Neil Joshua, and this is Thirst. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Thirst. We are here slurring our words to our favorite reality TV shows. Don't joke about that. I'm trying to say all my words without S's, but I'll find a way to put an S in every word. (laughs) Um, As you know, we are covering our favorite reality TV shows. This week, we're going to be talking about The Bachelorette and the, what were we calling it? The cyberbullying of Luke P. Yeah, the roast. The roast. The roast of Luke P. Then we're going to talk about the crucifixion of Camille Grammer on The Real Hoses of Beverly Hills. Or the saving grace of Beverly Hills. Yeah, True. And then I'm going to sit down with Mark from Big Brother Canada 7, and we're going to touch base on Big Brother 21. And I like turtles. <laughs> All right, let's dive in with The Bachelorette. I just wanted to say I thought it was the cutest thing ever when you had Hannah cut a piece of your hair off. So, can I... Hmm. Y'all worried about Luke. Yeah, like, why is nobody calling this woman a psychopath? We're moving on. Yeah, next. And, I mean, we're going to dive into all of, obviously, the Luke P. drama, which was 80% of the episode. But right off the bat, I want to talk about Hannah as a bachelorette. Oh. I might not, I might not be the right guest for this. <laughs> so, okay, let me start off by saying I love her. I love that they didn't pick Kaylin. I love that she kind of is this unconventional bachelorette. Like, she's not well-spoken. She's she dumb. can't formulate <laughs> I mean, essentially, she can't really formulate a talk, but it was nice to see her grow into her own, like, from when she couldn't make the toast on her date with Colton to now. To the finale where she falls on the stairs on this <laughs> coming up next. I mean, this will be a testament of our friendship, for sure. If we can get past this episode. Yeah, I guess, because you hate her. Okay, no. Not She's a young but... girl on like, <laughs> TV. Relax. I don't hate anyone. I don't know her. But I honestly, I've seen every single season from beginning to end of Bachelorette. This is the first season where I stopped episode three. I'm I'm only tuning into mental law because that's, I mean, they're fucking hot. But I I couldn't, I couldn't stand her. No. Uh, It just, I mean, it's been an interesting thing because I didn't think she would be the one to take us down the path of faith and bringing this discussion of Christianity and what it means to be a Christian. Like, can't you spell Christian? Christian, can't you? Just wonder. that's up for debate. Up for she debate. Opened the Bible once. <laughs> um, so you just think that it should have been Kaylin, is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I really liked her. Yeah, yeah. And then okay, so I don't let's... hate her to be clear. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you get like cyberbullied, right? Um, but speaking of spy- cyberbullying, the person that's being cyberbullied the most is obviously Luke P. The last we saw of him, he was rejected from Hannah for inquiring about what she did in her fantasy suites. Right. Which, do you think is any of her, his business? I think he wasn't ready for the show he signed up for. Yeah. I think, because she even admitted at the end that it was love at first sight. She felt this connection. Did he ever watch a season? Does he know what the show's about? Yeah, that was interesting. You're right. It wasn't like, he wasn't in his element. Right. And he had no PR team. Poor guy. Usually when the villains come back for the finale, they have their lines. It's a little joke. They tease him here and there. Yeah. And it's over. He becomes a meme. This was like cyberbullying his niece, his mom. Like, they wouldn't let it go. Yeah, it was down to the final sentence. And it came back. She apologized for it. And then, like, well, Luke left. We don't know why. You don't know why he left? Yeah. You literally bullied him when he was off camera. He had no way to defend himself. 
I did feel bad for him. And I just think there's something that people don't understand about The Bachelorette is you don't have your phone. You don't have your friends. You can't talk to your real friends about this person you're dating, quote unquote, right. falling in love with. And then everybody you can kind of hang out with and communicate hates you. Right. Those men hated him. Yeah. I say bullying. It's up for debate online. But regardless of it, he was isolated dating the same woman as the 15 other right. men. And you don't really know how you're coming off until you see it on camera. Like, how many first seasons of Real Housewives or anything – do they learn what they look like yes. since watching the season? He had no chance to see what he was, what he looked like. Yep. You know what I mean? And by the way, like, I can relate to Hannah. If I had four, six foot four yeah. men hitting, like, fighting for me, <laughs> I mean, that happens to me every day. <laughs> this is my normal life. I am the walking bachelorette. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's a crazy situation that they're in. He didn't get to see how it was going to be played out. Yeah, and I will say this. I've never seen a turnaround of a front runner like Luke P., First impression rose. Everybody loved him. Best body in the house. Still Fan love him, favorite. Still love him though. He, and he got turned around. I, did, I My heart went out to him, I will say. Out of all the villains, right? Let's yeah. talk about it. Have they ever spent the whole episode on the villain no. like this? And and what's interesting is even the female villains, when they do like are terrible, the cyber, there's always a cyber bullying awareness thing. Like she right. will cry and to be talk like, about let's not bully these these people are human, they're yeah. on TV and like it just cuts to the audience cackling, throwing tomatoes at him every two seconds. It Literally. was like, it was crazy. And it was weird that it was almost like no one in that the cast and the men band together to like tear him down. Like usually after the show and after you've been on a reality TV show, there's communications, phone calls, you hang out as humans, right. cameras are removed. Like no one even seemed to have made that effort with him. Yeah. And he apologized. Like since I thought sincerely. Yeah. And they still were like, Oh, I don't believe you. Blah, blah. I was like, okay. And in way a, off him, way off him. And literally in a weird world, he's going to find the right woman for him by speaking to the things he he's wants. He's going to get laid left and right after yeah. this. It's like, I'm next in line. I'm <laughs> down. I'll be quiet and wash the dishes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it was tough. It, I, my heart does go out for him. And I know that people online are literally going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? But you can't. There's so much underlying things that were very clear watching. Right. And he literally said like, Watching it, it was his punishment. He is yes. mortified. He's really ap apologetic. He got all this hate mail already. For what? I don't know. Like, relax, everyone. Yeah. But, like, that is his punishment. Let him grow. Like, stop bullying him. Exactly. Like, take that energy and write to your senator. And as a secondary virgin, give him a chance. <laughs> the secondary virgin. As a lovely fifth alternate virgin. <laughs> Have you ever dated somebody that's pushed faith on you like that? And you were kind of like, whoop. No. My priest. <laughs> no, actually, I was the only altar boy that didn't have a close connection. With <laughs> your priest is like, like not what's this wrong one? with me? I'm cute. No, Faith, I mean... You know what I mean? It seemed like that was the major issue. Right, but like, he's 25. How old is Hannah? He, she's 24, I think. Okay. They're children. Yeah, they need to figure out what they believe in, whether it's religious faith or, uh, you know, spirituality, but... To, they were put as these platforms of like pillar virgins. I'm like, yeah, it oh. is true. Like you shouldn't be turning to Hannah and Luke for your and take on Christianity. If you were as hot as Luke when you were 25, you yeah. think you could do that? Come on, girl. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's always interesting. The Bachelor always brings out this kind of layer of hypocrisy from online right. to like real life, and it's it's just a lot of so pressure on these kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't. Anyway, okay. shifting gears to kind of like what's always interesting about these mental all is who's going to be the next Bachelor. Right, right, right. There was no announcement. Now with Bachelor in Paradise happening, um, 
they kind of wait till after that. But let's talk about Mike's play for The Bachelor. And Vulture Magazine wrote a cute thing. So Mike is currently caught in the fascinating struggle to position himself for The Bachelor. And I'll tell you, he's playing the game very well. History and racism are against him, though. Mm Mm-hmm. So what did you think? I know that you haven't seen a lot of him, mm-hmm. but based on the way he handled himself, based on the way he talked. I think he has a PR team. I wish that they would have helped Luke out. Interesting. No, he, he, was, he answered everything correctly, but this is the first time I've seen a push like this. Yeah. Right? Where even Hannah was like, and you deserve everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, you're What's right. What's wrong? Like, I want Tyler to be the Right? Enemy. And I mean, we can kind of, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, but if you don't know, Tyler does make it to the final two and does not end up with Hannah, but... Wait, how pro- do you know that? Just, it's like all over online. Do you end up with Hannah? <laughs> I do. I'm the one that's trying to save her. It's Hannah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Hannah in a wig. Her real voice. Um, but literally, he doesn't end up with her, but who Hannah does end up picking had a girlfriend and it all comes out. So wouldn't you go back to that person that... Luke. You- <laughs> you go back to Luke. I mean, my options were one already has a wife or a yeah. girlfriend, and the other one is brain dead. <laughs> I go to Luke, the one that, like, was hot as fuck. <laughs> we are literally, like, the antithesis of what the fan base feels. Does well, that make sense? Yes, yes, but it's also, like, this show is supposed to be fun. It's, yeah, you're right. Don't, don't these kids, this is their lives. They're going to move on from the show and, and make a career out of it or, you know, but, yeah. like, they are very, they're kids and they did the best they can on reality TV. It's silly to, it's good to tease and laugh, but like, they, let, it they, go. let it go, girl. Literally. So you think that Mike still has a shot and will be our bachelor, or you think that somebody maybe from Bachelor in Paradise could Based take it? Based on this episode? Yeah. Yeah, they like shoved it down our throats. He was yes. like clear. It, he's probably great. He'd be ready for it. He's, he's, he seems very professional and, and well spoken. Yeah. Um, but like, Surprise! Yeah, it's my. It's like we know that was so obvious. True, but do you think America's ready for like this black bachelor? I sure fucking hope so. Right? I don't even know why this is a conversation. Uh, like, and I get it. And I will say this: like, I just don't want him to be the bachelor because he's black. Because I think that we've had other black contestants that were the clear bachelor that didn't get it because they were black. Does that make sense? Right, right. Like, right. I want whoever is the bachelor to be the right person. The fact that we have to talk about it, right? Is like. God. And literally, when you have the men all up there, like, I mean, when it comes to diversity, The Bachelor is the biggest problem. Like, there's well, no age. They all had gay face. Problem. They all had gay face. I'm <laughs> pretty sure I dated half that fucking I mean, cast. You said that you met Jed at the bathhouse, apparently. Like, literally yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a great kisser. Yeah. <laughs> that clip only gets removed from the podcast. Jed, gay bathhouse. Right. You, like, ruin his career. And I stand behind it all the way. <laughs> We are in love. <coughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just crazy that we're still having conversations about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I just, my heart goes out to Luke P. My heart does go out to Hannah. Let's just talk about, you touched on it briefly, but the preview for her having 13 meltdowns, falling down the hill. Oh, yeah. She, that four loco she drank was not a good idea. <laughs> I will say this. I'm like, okay, again, I do not hate a girl I don't know. But her answer about Luke, when she's like, I did genuinely only felt love at first sight when I did yeah. meet him. That was actually really cool of her to say that. Because it makes him, like, he's not delusional. They both felt that in the beginning. Yes. And she admitted that she was insecure. Like, I actually thought that was, that's when I actually thought she was real and vulnerable and, like, could form a sentence. Yeah, that was her most authentic moment. Probably yeah, it made me like her, like, 
Again, don't hit her, but like maybe like, oh, that was a real answer. Yeah. He's because it was the first time someone stopped bullying him. She's like, I understand why he felt it. I felt it too. Yeah, and it was a weird soul thing that she tried to explain. Yeah, you're right. And if anything, that was just I mean the nicest thing anyone said about him. The yeah, whole except that one guy show. that like went home first. He's like, hey, maybe we should stop. Yeah, calling yeah, his yeah. knees fat. Literally. <laughs> and then let's just talk about this like guy that wanted more airtime. The walked. one that walked up. Yeah. What do, was do, that? I mean, you're a fan. Do you know his name? Devin, I think, but that's only because he walked out and they told us. But you know like, it's Devin. You're pretending. <laughs> you, you have Devin tattooed on your back. Following <laughs> him on Instagram in his DMs right now. You're in his DMs right now. But literally, but yeah. what, what? Like, I don't like that. And, and and the host let him like talk and then walk away and then didn't let him address it. It's like yeah. this is just setting Luke up for like bullying and like he can't even defend himself. Yeah, and I can't even imagine sitting in an audience where somebody says something negative about you and a whole crowd. And claps. everyone's like, yeah, kill him. Yeah, literally, he was searching like Bonnie Lannister. from Iowa. Was like, kill him. <laughs> Love you, Bonnie. It, it, yeah, that's another thing. Like the people in the audience reacting to all these things and judging. It's like, what's what's going on in your love life yeah. right now? Are you dating Luke? Yeah. Anyone close to Luke, girl? <laughs> you wish you had a Luke. Bitch, I wouldn't do anything for Luke. <laughs> no one's fighting over me like that. I'll tell you that. I wish I had a crazy person throwing rocks on my window, asking to talk to me for sixty seconds. They literally, like, wouldn't leave. Everyone's just in a hustle to. Let's talk about like. I'm not leaving. I'm going to stand here. I'm, I'm going to leave. <laughs> she picks up the roses and moves it two feet. Shuffles it forward. That was, that's actually when I fell in love. That's when I liked her. I didn't yeah. fall in love. I don't know her. <laughs> but yes, I did like that. She, um, I, I mean, it's interesting. I think that what they learned from this is that they won't take the risky casting anymore. Like, I, I don't think that she. But you don't think the producers had a role in that? They I, blindsided Hannah, too. Well, have you watched a show Unreal? Yes. I, I love this show. I think Luke's producer talked him into it uh-huh. and convinced him it was a good idea. Right. So then she went tell. to the team. She's like, so Luke's going to come back. He has a ring. Like, bring his right. He goes. probably wouldn't have been that, like, vulnerable unless someone told him that she might be into it. it. 100%. Like, somebody was in his ear because I just don't think, like, I think somebody's, like, you don't leave until you get your but closure. But when he did come back, though, his... His message was so bad. It was yeah. the same thing that sent him home. He's like, she doesn't know what she wants. I'm like, yeah. that's literally why you went home. Yeah, it was tough. And it, it gave me such anxiety when all three of them circled him and was and like... They're like purple, blue, and yellow <laughs> suits. The Powerpuff Girls. Like the Powerpuff Girls <laughs> came to attack the devil with hooker boots. Literally. That's what it was. Swirling him. Get the fuck out of It just really made me uncomfortable. I actually felt like they didn't jump in soon enough. I did, I, I really? Like, yeah, I was like, come on. Like, You're about to get engaged this morning. You're going to let this guy talk to her? Like, True. That's crazy. And what was an interesting point was Tyler and Jed were more in his face. And then I saw just at the corner of the screen. The one in the um, blue suit said nothing. No, he was he was caressing the back of her. Oh. Like that was like, if and if you're like kind of torn about a decision, I'm like, oh, you were actually, like I get the other two. Consoling, consoling. Consoling her. Yeah. And that's like, I would want, in my situation, that's what I would want. I don't need someone yet. Like I don't yeah. need the situation to get escalated. If she had consent. <laughs> in the windmill. You know. In case, yeah. oh, it was that the one in the windmill, yeah. That was the windmill boy. Who was the one behind Burger King? <laughs> Chris Harrison, probably. That's how she got the job. Oh, god. Um, okay, well, I mean, there's really not much more to say. There's Bachelor in Paradise, which we're going to be covering this season. That's honestly, 
the best part about The Bachelorette is the a casting for hot men yes. for Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, I will watch every second of that one. Yeah, it's really great. John Paul Jones obviously got his sit down to be a major player in the season. A lot of tears, a lot of fighting, a lot of feuding. Um, but yeah, we will probably do a final Bachelorette touchdown moment to discuss the two-part finale next week. Um, and the 30 minutes of making fun of Luke again that they'll probably do. Yeah, the like, roast of let Luke. It go. <laughs> right. Um, okay, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Bye. Well, I mean, I have to say I am thoroughly shocked and surprised that the Real Houses of Beverly Hills actually delivered a solid part two reunion. I think, yes, Camilla... Camille? You're such a liar, Camille. There you go. Camille carried it on her shoulders. Yes. Because it started off with, you know, Kyle judging my college town of Mugitville. Your question from whoever the f- Monty is. Yes. And Mugitville. <laughs> Mugitville. Mugitville. What? What was that? There's nothing wrong with Mugitville. Right? I mean, yeah, I mean, let's just start off by talking about kind of this over lingering thing that happened with Beverly Hills. The focus was so heavy on Lisa Vanderpump and Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy, who denied the offer to sit on the couch. (laughs) Um, But literally, the fans were upset because there's all these lawsuits happening online with the other housewives that were not that's story right, that's right. we were talking about a dog this whole time when there was a lot of good content that we could have made this season about yeah so let's just break down the first lawsuit so erica jane's husband tom girardi has settled the lawsuit with a company named the law financial group and agreed to pay the creditor 16 million dollars and has already failed to make a payment that's a lot of fucking money 16 million dollars like that's not like a small lawsuit um it's not like I took care of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's basically what Erica Jane said. But anyway, why wasn't that a storyline? Right. And then Kyle's was, this one's actually kind of interesting. So her husband sold a home for $32.5 million. $36 million. Well. Oh, got it. Wait, but to a friend. Thing. Right. Right? They like agreed to buy the house. There was a lot higher offers than that $32 million, but then they resold it in a year for $69.9 million. That happens actually a lot in LA, actually. It really does. People develop a house or like it whatever you paid for when you build it up and develop yeah. it, it sells almost for double sometimes a lot in the hills. Yeah. But the I guess when you're a realtor you can't conspire to have somebody oh, buy so it for it was you. A friend you're saying. Yes. Ah. So then he got thirty seven million dollar profit. Wow. And that's what they're suing him for. And then Kyle came but for But let's talk about that damn Chihuahua. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy already Apple two amazing storylines right and then the final lawsuit is Dorit and PK this guy Ryan went in on Beverly Beach giving them $130,000 and then $75,000 to like start it up but then Dorit sold it and made a huge profit and has failed to give the money back right and then they're like oh accusations are accusations but this girl flew to the Mahamas and caught her at a pool party. <laughs> and, like, it's just interesting because these are coming from court documents obtained by, like... Well, know. it's interesting because it's actually interesting. We just spent six episodes on a dog we didn't even see a picture of. Literally. It, it's a dog called Lucy Goosey. Is that Lucy, what you keep saying that? Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy. Okay, thank God you explained that because I was like, what the f- <laughs> are you calling me right now? Okay. Yeah, the, the dog's name was Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy because Jagger, Dorit's son, likes apple juice. So. so we're bringing the sun into it. Yeah, 100%. Okay. 
So, I mean, it's just interesting because I think that they all hid behind the concept of, like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. It's, like, that's just such a reality TV cop-out that if you're going to share your life, I want to know that you have to pay somebody $16 million. How are you doing that? And if the the worst thing Lisa did was not report to Radar Magazine that a chihuahua (laughs) was missing and her brother died, like, lay off. It just seems just so, like, it... And I'm happy they touched on it, but it's almost like too little too late. Like, where was this in the 24 episodes? And you are a diehard fan, and even you were bored of yeah, this season. So, like, I was... something went afoot. Yeah, trouble was afoot. Okay, so let's just talk quickly, kind of a over-lingering storyline that kind of comes to a head in France is this ta- Kyle, I call them Tile, but that's kind of a cute, like, nickname for them. Like, Ooh. Kyle and Teddy. Oh, they have the, a, the, the tile duo. Okay. The tile duo. You mean thing one and thing two? <laughs> but I mean, you brought up a good point that this friendship almost is a final job to Lisa Vanderpump. Right? It's like, hey, I just got in a huge fight with my best friend, but I'm going to like hang out with your ex. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what you're talking about. And literally traveling, doing all these workout classes together. You're right. And I think Kyle. I struggle with Kyle. I just don't think she's the most authentic. That I think that somebody that's like eager to fit in and kind of a f- fish out of water, like Teddy was easy for her to like sink her teeth into. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was very obvious play what it was. And like, I liked the Kyle's on the show. She's an OG. Yeah. But this was like camera time, I felt like. For yeah. Her. Could you do a season without Kyle Richards next year? 100%. <laughs> and to that note, though. Kyle's been on how many seasons now? How many seasons total? Season, oh my god, I think oh, enough, season, right? enough, yeah. This is the first time I saw Kyle be vulnerable when she talked about her eating disorder. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is an actual real moment. It makes you actually realize how much she hasn't been open on that show that yeah, much at all. True, she's been withholding a lot of information yeah, that from was a us. real moment. Yeah. It took her how many seasons to say something that none of us expected? And interesting, and I wonder if almost the producers were so shaken that they were like, I need everything you women got. We lost Vanderpump. And then she's like, oh, I can finally talk about this. No, I think it was was just the right time, the right place for her to open up and say it. the right crew, because on that whole fringe trip, they were kind of saying, like, I feel safe talking about things. So you're right. And, like, they did bond in a way that you couldn't fake that. Yeah. The whole group did level up in a way. But this is my thing about reality TV is I don't want to see five women go on a trip and bond. I need well, then them. Why do you watch the franchise? But I need them to like clinkety clank, get in people's faces, break dishes. Like I'm not saying be torturous to each other and like right. sabotage each other's lives. Have your big blowouts, have your big fights. Right. But New York, it bounce back. Bethany yeah. and Luann, hanging out with They were all in the same room when they fight. This whole season was making fun of someone that wasn't even in the room or the yeah. country. That's a great point. I mean, I just think that the Lisa Vanderpump thing is heavy, especially now that her mom has passed. Like Her mom passed, too? Like, two weeks ago. And, like, it was actually really recent to the taping of the reunion, and they're, like, sitting there being like, why isn't she here? Why isn't she here? Like, um, how about... She just lost two family members. Oh, heavy. Actually, this is actually an interesting point, because... When Camille comes out and they ask her, you know, why do you think Lisa Vanderpump is not here? Randy! Camille, what is your opinion about Lisa Vanderpump not being here tonight? I think she should be here. Why do you think she's not? Just for me? Yeah. She's pissed about Brandy. <laughs> We're like, where did that come from? Right? But it did remind me, that scene of Denise and Brandy, I was like, 
Can we watch that spinoff? Right. Brandy and Denise take over Miami, bitch. Let's watch that show. I really think that there's a play here with Camille coming back full time. Denise Richards, Dorit, Brandy Glanville, Lisa Renna. Okay. Yes, that's our that's like our wish list. I don't think Brandy is like stable <laughs> enough to be to sign a contract with legal paperwork to well, be on I'm the show. Curious now that Lisa Vanderpump isn't there, and then Kyle Richards and Brandy started following each other on Instagram again. Only you would know that, and that's why I love you. <laughs> but okay. I just feel like it would be I don't know, the one thing that's interesting about New York is that they're all older around the same age but it's fun to watch i think that since we go from like elisa vanderpump in her 60s to like dorit in her 30s like the spectrum is so wide that they can't really relate to each other that if we're gonna do beverly hills and revamp it i'm not age shaming it just should be these younger women that are in this same they're already getting like every season they're adding someone like erica jane then teddy yes it's like lisa had no choice to be like what is this show now? What yeah. Am I, what am I supposed to do? Like, I redid it for years. It's not even, like, written for her anymore. Exactly. Be. And all their kids are under the age of, like, 16. But she could have bowed out very respectfully and left. Her not showing up kind of sucks. I miss her. Yeah. This is what this, the reunion's missing. And I just, I mean, this is an interesting thing, too, is that Lisa originally asked Andy for the year off. Because mm, she's so, filming three other shows. She's, yeah, and like she's obviously dealing with some heavy shit. She's busy. And that made me feel for her a little bit more that she, like, to go to somebody and be like, you know, this year's just not for me. And she them. still tried to do it and, for him. Yeah. And she had actually, I didn't know the manga. That's really, that's like, sorry. Like, I wish she told me before this is, I'm like all off now. <laughs> I've had so many jokes about Lisa, and I cannot say a goddamn word. It's heavy, and I just feel like you—you you said it too. Like they, Lisa's been doing this to previous cast members. They saw in the flashback what she did to Camille, bringing up the Taylor thing and not saying a word. But they did it again, <laughs> using her own words to read her the film. Yeah, but it's like now is not the time. Yeah, Andy did it a little dirty. I think. Yeah, I think that it all just got a little dark and ugly, which is not really a good look for the Rose of Beverly Hills. So they got to figure out what where they go from here. So in comes Camille. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother. That's a whole podcast episode on its own. Okay, so what are your thoughts on Camila? Is she trying too hard? Is she giving us what we need? I think she is producer putty. Yes, I good think she's doing what worked the first time. Yeah, but did it work the first time? <laughs> but you know, she's back in. I think that producers are in her ear, and she's falling for it. Yep, I she agree. means well, but she has no communication skills. Yeah. Like, I, my degree is interpersonal organizational <laughs> communication, and she failed, girl. Yeah, she lacks She it. can't do it. I think you're right. She she can't get her point across, and right. she almost says it in a way that makes her always look bad. Right. It's frustrating. <laughs> it's like, producers said one thing. They nudged her, but she f- completely created a whole other narrative that no one told her to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want any of you at my wedding. Right. It's like, well... If you didn't want me there, I didn't want any of you there. I'm like, oh my god, we all flew to Hawaii for you. Yeah. Like, it's just the wrong thing, always. It's just the wrong thing all the time. I'm happy that she comes back, because that reunion ended with her storming off, and then she comes back and gets helped yeah, by Lisa Yeah, peak of episode three. How does it end up with her hugging Lisa Renna, who hasn't said a word all episode? Right, and, and, and I don't know how I feel about this Lisa Renna. It, it's almost like, especially in this reunion, she's taking a backseat, where... 
She doesn't usually. On the season, she hasn't. You're right. But the season before, remember when she was super quiet? She's like, well, my mom's having trouble the season Yeah. Before. But this season, she's talking about this reunion. She's not saying a word. They cut to her yeah. over and over again, like sealing her lips. I will say this. I think someone like Lisa Renna is very on the pulse with social media and what sways a fan base. And I think that she's smart enough to know that there's enough Lisa Vanderpump fans out there that she doesn't want them against her. I think that Lisa is already cocky enough to know that, like, I don't agree with that statement. I actually think Lisa is being quiet because none of these conversations were really about her storyline. Fair. So instead of talking like she used to, yeah, she, like Andy has not asked her a question about her yet. Literally, yeah. But I think I do think she knows she's like bigger than Lisa Vanderpump. I don't you, think wait, she's tiptoeing around that anymore. I think last really? season she was. I don't think she is this season. You just think she's like, this is not about me. It doesn't affect me. Right. Let me but just say sad. As a Lisa Renna fan, I want her fucking popping off and talking to about everybody. Like yeah. Bethany cutting everyone off. <laughs> At least when like Bethany does it, she just gives her opinion talking down about people. When Lisa Renna does it to chime in, it's usually to like stir the pot to or another to, layer. Or to like defend Erica Jane because they have each other's blood <laughs> pack and I love that. Watching them cover each other up. Like, I've never heard Erica say that. Cuts yeah. eight clips of Erica saying <laughs> <laughs> And it's so quick the minute one of them are under attack they're like oh, i don't remember that oh right. she never said that like yeah like they don't plan it they just they're real good friends yeah and i mean it's interesting erica jane hasn't like if i had to pick a dud of the group this i think season, it would be erica, erica jane, jane. Was a dud. i don't know what's going on yeah but, but am i done seeing her now she just she can't she can't be a friend of a friend next season she has to hold a diamond you think she full-time spot diamond yes yeah, give yes it's so erica jane who are you pulling a diamond from? Or maybe from? Lisa Renna as Erica Jade next season. <laughs> they morph into one. <laughs> that would be great. Um, but who are you revoking a diamond from? From the current cast? You have I to would pick say somebody. Teddy. I think Teddy was the dead last season. I know you loved her. Yeah. Teddy was entertaining this season because of the storyline that no one cared about. Though. Yeah. It was tough. Like, imagine being a housewife delivering, but it just is a story that yeah. no one gives a fuck about. And, like, Denise has no idea what she's doing. She's still a fan favorite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Teddy knows the game. She still was kind of a dud. Yeah. And I just think the thing about reality TV and ensemble casts like this, it's very clear that Teddy is just not a person for reality TV. I think she just doesn't. I think she gave it a good try. Though. Yes. This season, I, I liked her this season. I just don't see if there's a third season in a row for her. Yeah, I just don't think she's if a fit. could be the friend of Kyle it, Richards. Right, true. Because sure isn't Lisa. <laughs> she, yeah, 100%. And I, and I kind of would like to see that dynamic maybe. Maybe their friendship wouldn't be so shoved down our throats. Yeah, because this seems a little forced. Yeah, if Teddy's just popping up at different events and whatever. Yeah, but Teddy's shade this season was good though. What, what did she say? She said she had a She's good like, oh, line. Oh, because I'm not following your plans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then nothing else was good. Yeah, true. And real quick, can we talk about that awkward dinner conversation that they cut to the reunion of Kyle and Teddy telling Erica Jane how she should yeah. be offended? Erica Jane, there's no not a single clip of Erica or Lisa talking shit about any of them. It just kept cutting to them talking shit about everybody yeah. and calling them fake when there's no clips of them talking shit about anyone. Yeah, and this is my thing with Lisa Ren and Erica, which is tricky, is that mate, like, in a weird way, I think they're just like, we're above the bullshit now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they see that Teddy and Kyle are, like, wasted. This is stupid. I'm not feeding into this. Which, like... Well, Lisa I, was turned, but she still held it together. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I just need some messier people on Beverly Hills. Like, yeah. there's people that are just good for reality TV, and I think that they lost them. Like, I just think Erica, Lisa Renna... Well, Camille. 
Camille. Messy TV. <laughs> Give her a diamond. Yeah, I need her to be the main focus. I want her to hold the center diamond. I need I, her to blindly <laughs> yell at people and burn every bridge she can every episode. Because she's yeah. good at that. And she looks great. Yeah. I mean, she looks really pretty. I mean... It's going to be interesting to see what Beverly Hills does because it's also like, it's not like Lisa's leaving Bravo. Right. She has like three shows coming up yeah. next week. And there's a rumor that there's still a play to offer Lisa a contract. Like, if she doesn't show it's a reunion, I don't think she'll take the contract. For, for the Real Housewives? Yeah. Well, okay. So this is maybe just next a, year. Maybe skip a year. Yeah. But this is just the background to you. So the, this is a new production company that did this season. Oh. The production team that usually does Real Housewives of Beverly Hills switched to The Hills, oh. which was a huge mistake, which makes sense because we've seen Lisa always kind of drive storyline and always kind of look very good because it seems that that production but the company, last three seasons they have been bullying Lisa actually remember Lisa Vanderpump yeah Lisa Vanderpump the Miami trip when she had to storm out and fly early two seasons ago like they've actually been painting her wrong true and even seasons. Eileen and Lisa Renna would like gang up on her yeah Eileen I love Eileen I mean peace <laughs> I hope Eileen comes back Ooh. <laughs> I need Brandy and Denise. Is, I'm in, tuned in for that show. Yeah, I think that would be good. First I, of all, what do they have in common? Why are they friends? I just think I want to hear that story. Yeah, that's 100%. Because, I mean, to be Charlie Sheen and to be married to Brandy, it's like levels of crazy that I think. Like, that. maybe it's you, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's like the most well behaved adult woman yeah but it's almost like i hope it wish she does come back next season i want to see a layer like there has to be some type of darkness or screwless to well there's a lot of scenes where they cut to her and she looks slurred out and like yeah. maybe that'll be a storyline like why are you so quiet are right? you on something it, but it, you ain't hear from me because i love her yeah it's like what is the darkness yeah what no, no one joked about how like out of it she was in conversations and stuff the whole season long yeah she was not involved in any conversation she was like but she was at the dinner table yeah and it was like does this go over your head or did you take an extra xanax do you have any more yeah <laughs> actually uh, okay well we will be reporting on part three next week of the real houses of beverly hills uh louise is gonna be signing off so nice meeting you tell everybody where they can insta stock you louise hilson on instagram and then you don't have Twitter, but I'm going to get you on it. I should have a Twitter, right? I think you'd really enjoy it between the... I feel like everyone wants to hear my opinions about everything. And But I feel like you have an appreciation of politics, but then there's enough housewife reality TV bullshit. It's like the perfect combo. I have a real job. <laughs> I don't know if my opinions need to be out there like that. Um, but yeah, and then now I'm going to be sitting down with Mark from Big Brother Canada. We're going to be talking Big Brother 21. So It's just me with a lower voice. Literally. Boy, Mike. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm going to be taking a break and I'll be right back. All right, we're finally talking about Big Brother 21 on Thirst. I am here Woo! from Big Brother Canada's. Well, I'm said I'm here with. What did I say? I'm here on? You're here on with. I'm use your here. words, whatever words you want to <laughs> I was use. about to say I'm here on Mark from Big Brother, but I'm not on him. You're not I'm on Mark here. Yes. And we are talking about Big Brother 21. So, yes. just a disclaimer, I have not watched any of it, but you have been keeping up and 
this is your first time watching a Big Brother season after playing Big Brother. Yes, I did watch Big Brother 12, the okay. Brigade season. That was a long time ago, and I haven't watched any other American seasons. I've watched YouTube clips. I've, you know, gone on Twitter yeah. and read some, like, the stuff. <laughs> but I have not seen, like, this is my first actual season following along, and it feels so different because we've been in the house now, yeah. Neil. We know what this is like. You've been behind the curtain, and it almost is a mindfuck on a mindfuck watching a season. Yes, we're in, like, some weird time warp where I'm like, oh, my God, I know exactly exactly what they're going through right now no don't say that don't do that yeah and it's almost like you almost sympathize with them more watching yes like yes you're like, i do fuck you just fucked up your whole game i know what that feels like so it's interesting that the only season you watched was the brigade season and then were a part of the canadian brigade how weird it was so funny because i was like that's a pretty iconic season you know yeah. the brigade makes it pretty much to the end uh, you know win. minus minus matt and yeah and you know hayden wins the game and uh yeah then when adam suggested making this uh a super alliance the pretty boys i was like yeah that's like the brigade and he's like yeah that's what i'm trying to tell you the brigade Interesting. Like, i know this i wonder if you didn't know that if that if they would have still looped you in I probably, probably. would not. I probably would have said some dumb things like, this has never been done before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck, he's out. Um, okay, so obviously we just have to say this because Big Brother 21 has gotten a lot of backlash online yes. based on comments that are not okay. And I almost was kind of toying with the idea of like, should we cover it, should we not? But what I think makes us excited about watching it is the strategy and the gameplay element, right? Yes, I love good gameplay. It's, it's like you said, you know, there's a lot of things that are said in that house that are very, you know, questionable at best. But the yeah. good thing is a lot of these players are playing the game and that's what we like to see. Exactly. And when we talk about them, we're talking about them literally like we were saying earlier, like chess pieces on a chessboard, not like who they are as a human being to their soul and what they contribute in society outside of the game. Which we're hoping they do contribute to society. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're hoping some of them take a look at what they said and done and smarten up. But – that's it on that, really. We want to talk more about the game. I'm keen to talk about the game because I love the game and watching how players can just manipulate and, you know, talk back at somebody and yeah. still have things on their side. Let's do it. Okay, so let's dive in. We have one of the most epic kind of big brother moments. We have a comeback challenge. Yes. Fourth Cliff. final comeback member. Exactly. And Cliff, who's been kind of on the outs, right? A little bit, yeah. His been evicted and then he wins what are your thoughts on that did you think he was the win who did you want to come back in watching camp comeback was very interesting because initially they had a rule kind of the set rule in the house nobody talked game with camp comeback so stupid. right yeah stupid rule but i mean like if someone's gonna come back you want them on your side you, yeah. you want to control what you tell them Fair. but you still want to talk some game with them and so david had a really good read on the house i didn't really know much about david but yeah. just hearing how he kind of figured out and analyzed the entire house i was like david you're my guy i want to see you come back in and i want to see you play this game so David would have been your pick to David come back. was my pick to come back in. Yeah. And then were you devastated to see that it was Cliff? Or were you like, uh, this? let's see how this plays out because he just got evicted. I was devastated to see David because the actual comeback competition was where you had to maneuver the balls down like yeah. a roller maze. Yeah. And you know how it is in Big Brother. You get like a little bit of chance to practice. Yeah. But then you got to go straight into the comp. And then when it comes down to crunch time, David, I think he got maybe one ball or, or no balls. I couldn't oh, so remember. He wasn't even... And Cliff was just going like, wham, bam, thank you, man. He was wow. right there. That's kind of cool to see Cliff, especially in the American and even the Canadian, the older house guest. 
tend to not do well. No. If you're an older house guest, you're automatically a target. In my season, we had uh, Kaylin, who told everyone she was 29, when yeah. in reality, she was 42. And which is interesting, because isn't that crazy that older house guests almost have to think about that? Like, ooh, how can I get in with this younger crowd? And she lied about her age. Exactly. And you will do whatever it takes to fit in, at least in the beginning. Because yeah. in the beginning, and you know this, Anil, you can't really, let's say you win the first HOH. Who are you putting up? You just met these people yeah. a few hours ago you would be a, a target if like you didn't put your dishes back correctly yeah 100%. so if you uh, look different if you act different if you're not like part of the group you're going up yeah 100 so cliff hogg is like i'm back and then in a shocking like i was shocked that he wins the next hoh he that is a pure cinderella story so <laughs> i was actually thinking about this i'm not joking i was thinking how cool would it be if cliff gets evicted then with hoh yeah. and comes back and just completely tears up the house and wins the most powerful hoh because now we're seeing that the house is kind of has this power alliance right and within the power alliance we know that there's a big problem because everyone was pretty gung-ho officially quote unquote here yeah. of getting nicole out right but nick and bella are completely blindsided at least that's what it looks like yeah to having cliff get evicted and now they're confused about their own alliance which sends confusion waves throughout the entire alliance right so this is the perfect time for cliff to kind of win an hoh no? yes cliff definitely needs to win an hoh also because he is he's riding on thin ice he's already been yeah. evicted that's a huge target an easy person to put up yeah doesn't matter who wins, even as a pawn, right? Yeah, true. And I can't even imagine what that does to your game, like knowing you've already lost. You know what I mean, in a way? You've like to win the HOH after knowing you've been voted out is like, okay, now I'm back in it. And not only am I in it, I'm going to be the one that's going to have a say and make some moves. And you're still riding on that high of like, I can play this game. I can yeah. win competitions and nobody can tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you guys what you're going to do. 100%. So we're going to be doing this every week. We're going to kind of do what's called an HOH roadmap. So whoever wins that HOH, we're going to kind of talk about how they can leverage their power and kind of keep themselves safe when they can't play for HOH next season. Exactly. And this is something I found out on my season as well, Anil. I thought when you won HOH, it was all, you know, peaches, roses, and kumbaya. Nope. Nope. You just get to sit in your HOH <laughs> bed, you know, have your candies, your chocolates, and I guess in the American version, read your letter. We get to see our video from home. But it's not. As an HOH, you need to be campaigning your tuchus off yep. because the problem is you can't play next week. Yeah. And you need people that are on your side to fight for you. And it's almost like as an HOH, you have to be playing two weeks in advance. Does that make sense? Yes. Like if you're nominated, you're just playing and campaigning for that week and how you can leverage things in the future. But HOH, you want to make smart noms, see how the beta pl plays out, but then align yourself smart for the following week. Exactly. And have the right conversations at the right times. It's very easy after nominations when one of the people you nominated wins veto, be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was totally part of my plan. Like, come on. Yeah. BS. You got to have the right conversation at the right time, who you're campaigning to and when you're doing it. Fair. So Cliff wins. What is, who are two people you think he needs to talk to right away to kind of line himself up not only for this week but for next week so cliff wins uh comeback but also wins hoh and all this happens very quickly yeah. and he doesn't have a lot of you know you have a lot of time to think but not as much time as you'd, you'd like to sure you know at all everything's happening so quick for cliff um i'd like to see him obviously nominate two big players and nominating uh jack and jackson yeah makes sense in his specific scenario. Normally, nominating Jack and Jackson is a terrible idea because most likely one of them wins, takes themselves off, new person comes up, yeah. and that person goes home, and now you've ticked off the two Jacks. 
who are in power, right? Like who, they're kind of running the house. They, they're running point. the house. You, you can hate them all you want, but the idea is people are flocking to them. They are what's holding a lot of the alliance together. They are the strong macho guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this case, everyone's ticked off with Cliff regardless. He's automatically most likely going up if like 90% of the house wins. Sure. So nominating Jack and Jackson is actually not a bad idea. Okay. Also, I'm not sure if Cliff knows about Jack's power, about the uh, veto redo. So Jack has a power where if he doesn't like the veto picks, he can have them redrawn. Oh, like shuffle the bag again. Exactly. And that's a good way to sh- to draw, flush out a power. True. Interesting. So he, no- he nominates Jack and Jackson, right? Yes, Jack and so- Jackson go up. What do you think that does to him next week? Don't you think that Jack and Jackson are going to kind of rally to get Cliff out because he drew first blood? Or do you still think that they're probably going to do like a Bella and Nick situation? That's the good thing. Where Cliff is at right now, it looks a bit more like a fluke HOH, right? He yes. is not looked at as an automatic threat. If Cliff goes up, it would go out, he would go up as a pawn. And most likely, I don't think he would be evicted. I feel at this point, Nick and Bella feel betrayed by their own alliance members. There's a lot of rifts going on within their own alliance. So if Jack Jackson, uh, presuming they both stay, or any of their new six shooters win, or even if Sam wins from Undeniable, (laughs) which by the way, I love how they just come up with names off the top of their head. Um, They, uh, uh, yeah, Nick and Bella would be a much more bigger target than uh, say Cliff. So Cliff is actually not in a bad position right now. So he, if anything, things can turn around by nominating Jack and Jackson. It kind of takes obvious heat off of him because Nick and Bella are still around. That Nick and Bella are still shifting around. shifting their target to them, essentially. Yeah, if I was Nick and Bella right now, I'd be doing a lot of uh, damage control with the Jack and Jacksons, but also trying to form something with Cliff. Like, actually putting a lot of work this week and say, hey man, listen, we, our plan was to uh, was to keep you around in this game and try to build, like, a little army, Fair. get some numbers going around that, and, you know, possibly send one of the Jacks home, you know? Because Jack and Jackson on the block means that no matter what veto situation plays out, one of them will still be on the block at Fair. the end of the day. Yeah. Get that Jack out. If Jack or Jackson stay this week, and I mean, we already know, spoiler alert, we're not going to say, but yeah. uh, who wins veto, it doesn't matter. If if the house doesn't get one of the Jacks out, that's on you guys. Yeah, true. It, 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 and actually, we can talk about it because this is going to be coming out after the veto. So we okay. can say... Jackson did win the veto. Jackson wins veto. Obviously, he's going to take himself off. Right. Um, so let's well, let's just back up. Before we talk about veto play, so Jack and Jackson are nominated. And we were talking about this a bit earlier, about if you're going to go after a power duo, yes. two strong males running the house, or a showman's, that putting them up right away is not necessarily the smartest way to get rid of them. No. See, but putting up a power duo is a very uh, dangerous game. It's got to be done surgically because yep. – if you just put up, and I'll give you an example from my season. I was part of the Pretty Boys, and I knew that Adam wasn't taking me to Final Two. Dane wasn't taking me to Final Two. Anthony, most likely, I had to get rid of one of them, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I just put up Adam and Dane, most likely one of themselves takes them off the block, themselves yeah. off the block, and that leaves me with putting another person up, and then that person goes home. So yeah. now I've betrayed my alliance. None <laughs> of them like me. Yeah. And see, you know, you got to put one of them up and another person – who will be taken off by another alliance member, Damien in this case, yeah. hoping, and then backdoor the uh, the duo. 
So then they're stuck on the block. There's no way out. You gotta flush out that veto, and you gotta do it right. And there's a good chance that it won't work. Yes, and there's a lot of variables in that play, but it is ideally the best play to for sure guarantee one of them is going home. Yes. And that's what makes this game so crazy is you've got to think in advance for this veto is who is the, mo the most likely to win a veto and are there any other players that if they won the veto would be on my side. Also during yeah. my season, the HOH wasn't allowed to play the veto. Re oh, that, is, yes. that was the whole season, right? That was it until Final Five. But that, see, that that's such an interesting a element that lingered. I didn't really – it was the whole season that the HOH couldn't play. So you couldn't almost – because technically Cliff wins – Comes back in, wins HOH. There's a possibility he could have won veto yep. and controlled the whole week. Yes, and that was what it does with the fact that the HOH can't play the veto is it makes the HOH need to talk to more people. It, if you want to pull off a back door, you have to create you know uh, friends and be like, hey, listen, if you're getting picked, just a heads up, I need you to do this. You, yeah. And once you know what they say, loose lips sink ships. When you start talking <laughs> to the wrong people, you know words get out. So then, okay, so now we know that Jackson has won veto. He's obviously going to use it in himself. But now the lingering component is Christy having this power. The diamond power of veto that Christy won in her, was it the chaos comp? It was or something, something panic. Panic, panic comp, or yeah, whatever, panic yeah. activity. So what do you do? Because she has four weeks to use it, right? Yes. So this is week two, technically, of her I power? I would assume so, yeah. So do you think it's in her best interest to use it? And then wouldn't she then be backdoored or no? So I'm a little confused with the diamond power veto. Does it force the veto holder to use the veto or only once the veto holder decides, yes, I'm using the veto, can they then stand up and say, hey, heads up, DPOV getting into play now? Yeah, see, I think that's how it works, what you just said, that it, yeah. the veto needs to be used and activated for yes. that power to work. So in this case, obviously, Jackson is taking himself yes. off the block, which would then allow uh, Jackson to nominate a replacement nominee instead of Cliff. If I was Christy, and especially seeing how paranoid Christy has become a little bit, and it's a very paranoid place. Like, Christy, after the show, you're listening to this, I get you. I feel you, girl. Yeah, the paranoia is real. The paranoia real. is real. Uh, if I was Christy, I would say, Jackson, I'm using the diamond power of Vito. Make sure to nominate Bella or Nick. Or, so, you know, yeah, work with Jackson to kind of make sure the power is used in the right way. It sucks that you got to use it on week two and not when you're on the block. But, hey, this is a game and, like, lots yeah. of weird things can happen. If I'm Christy, I'm using that diamond power of Vito. I know for sure that it's going to have to be used because Jackson will be taking himself off the block. Fair. And I would be uh, talking – I think Jackson and Christy both know about their – like. She, she shared the information. Yeah, I mean, she told everyone. From yeah, online, people pretty much know. Uh, I think they should be working together to get out Nick and Bella. So you or think Nick and Bella is the, the next move, essentially? Well, the problem is right now they're a duo. Can you imagine making them just a solo? So, okay, so how many duos we have? Jack and Sis. Sis, yeah. Holly and Jackson. And Jackson, and then Jackson and maybe Kat. I mean, he's, ja he's, okay, he's so gone he's around the house linger, a little bit. Lingering <laughs> element with Kat, yeah, and yeah. then Nick and Bella. So those three power duos. Yes. On top of all of that, Jack and Jackson seem to be their own showman's power duo. Yes, they are like a bromance, and they're like keeping each other safe like well, well, well into the game. So you think it's going to be a battle of the showmances it kind of is coming yeah, down to. Yeah, and if they're already taking shots at Nick and Bella, which they've already announced all in the DRs yeah. that they're going to do that, like, now is your chance. Like, Christy, uh, use your diamond power veto because we don't know. What if Cliff decides, you know, hey, Christy, 
uh, you're going up on the block because you know you're powerful and you're associated very closely with the Jacks and the you know and the Jackson. Yeah. So Christie could be playing it out one way, like I'm gonna use my social game to try and assure that um, that Cliff won't put me up on the block. But if I was Cliff, I would be telling Christy the whole time, yeah, no, 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 I'll put up Bella and then blindside Christy. Yeah, true. Yeah. That would be a smart move on Cliff Hogg. And that would probably propel him into legendary status if he was able to not only get evicted, come back, win HOH, but then actually mind fuck somebody into not using their power and then nominating them. It would be the coolest thing to watch. The only scary thing for Cliff is how would he handle the next week? Because we already know he's really on thin ice here. And he needs right now this week to form an alliance, form people that will actually help him out going forward. Yeah. So we know he's close with Nicole. We know Jess isn't going to put him up. And we saw them talking about proposing an alliance with Jess, Nicole, and I believe it was uh, – Cat was in there. Yes, yes. Kat yeah, was in there. that would be that's that's good. Like it's you know maybe they're not the strongest players when it comes to competitions, but it's you need someone. Yeah, but I will say this, and I'm just being devil's advocate because we saw this with your season too. Is that sometimes when the power alliance is that good at comps, you know what I mean? There is no hope. Like you have to think of the Kikis and SCs. They they're very reminiscent of these underdogs with this power alliance just winning after winning after winning. At some point, you have to win. That's true. Yeah, you could talk a bit. You could talk, 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 and say, "Yeah, uh, this is what we want to do," which is all you know, fine and dandy. But you need to win the comp, obviously, too. So this is this. I'd like to break down to two things. I've noticed that the uh, American competitions are much more crab shooty than uh, some of the Canadian competitions. Okay, so you think that almost like anyone can win more so than the American? Yeah, like the one that Nick won was just throwing like a dart over and landing. Like who gets the closest? That's very like you know luck of the draw versus like. You know, the Wendy's competition we had, he was like brute force, like yeah. faster than light Adam Pike, high, hopping up a ladder, jumping down the thing without even going down the, like the fire pole. Yeah. It's like, like, you know, it's going to be tough for someone, say someone like Esty to compete against that. Just, you know, simply Adam's a bigger guy and he, he will have a bigger uh, opportunity to beat that competition. Yeah, it's, it, it, you're right. Canada almost stresses more on athleticism. Yes. Where can, in American, it's like a random thing that no one practices or is good at. Or it's a strategy looking at something. You know what I mean? Anyone can just buzz in and win. And I would say that because of that, you know, it almost felt like the challenge a little bit at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because of that, and I was in an alliance with like the three strongest guys, we just won virtually everything. Yeah. We steamrolled our way through the season. And, uh, you know, it came down to a point where it was like, you know, it was almost laughable. We were like, is anyone else ever going to win? Yeah. And this is where I find that. Uh, the other part of your game comes into play is your social game. Anthony, for example, was in our alliance. He didn't win a whole lot. He won sure. one competition. But if it came down to a point where he felt the alliance was in trouble, he knew how to sway people with his words. How, what his contribution was was really just manipulating people, essentially. Exactly. And, you know, you could always say, well, if this would have happened, then Anthony would have been in trouble. But Anthony had a way of finessing his way out of any situation. Yeah, which is really good gameplay and hard to do. Yes. Okay, so obviously Anthony is one of the best social players to play Big Brother Canada. Who do you think is playing the best social game in Big Brother 21 right now? I would say that person would have to be Tommy. There's nobody that actively wants to put Tommy up or, you know, even if it may cross their mind is actually going to do it. Yeah. Uh, even by some crazy example, if he does go up on the block, there's no way I see him leaving the house. Everyone seems to love the guy. Yeah. And this is what's crazy. What 
it blows my mind when there's a conversation in the house that needs to be mediated. So, for example, Nicole and Bella obviously had some beef last week. Yeah. You know, uh, Nicole said that uh, Bella, uh, other people had called Bella a bully and Bella wasn't very happy about it. And, you know, the whole back and forth. Tommy was called in to mediate. Are you guys huffing grass? Like, <laughs> what is going on? This guy is being called in because he's friendly with both sides. Yeah. This is the guy who's going to, like, go really far, if not possibly win the game, if you don't take him out. Yeah, it's that's a clear sign somebody's in the middle and playing the middle. He's so good at this game that people on both sides love him and want him to come and mediate, like... I'm like shaking the TV screen like, what are you doing? And it's crazy that no other players have tuned in and made that observation. Does that make sense? Like at some point you see where people lie in different relationships and the fact that Tommy's good with both of them and called in to mediate, red flag, red flag, red flag, no? And the red flag would be probably from within the six shooters noticing how they all have like some heat on their back and Tommy's just riding by, but they're not going to do anything because they're in an alliance with the guy. Yeah, and that's 100%. what Anthony did. I remember Anthony at the very beginning of the game coming over to me and saying, I'm good with everyone. I'm like, bro, you can't be good with everyone. Yeah, there's no way. Maybe like week one and two, but yeah. like week five, he's telling me this. And then just seeing his social game around the house. And I was like, damn it. He's, you are. He's really good with everybody. He just sucks. It's so good. <laughs> um, okay, so now that we have a Jackson winning the veto, do you think that they have the votes to kind of get Jack out? Regarding if it's Bella, if it's freaking Cat, do you think that there might be a come to Jesus moment of why not take Jack out? He's in a showmance. He's attached to one of the strongest guys in the house who's Juan Comps. So why not get rid of him? So, yeah, on paper – they probably do. If, if they came together and put their heads together, they probably do. But the problem is, Jackson has a really good social game, and Jackson cares about Jack. Jack's social game, pretty good as well. Yeah. You know, I think that's a bit of a controversial statement to make, but I will say that it doesn't, like, it doesn't even matter at this point. They will just uh, prove to people that, hey, you know, it's better to keep me because, you know, I have a good chance of winning comps. You've seen where I am with comps. Sure. And you're not, I'm not coming after you. I'm coming after Cliff. I'm coming after, you know, the weak players. He could say whatever he wants and people will buy it. Why? Because they're the jacks. And there are the bigger, <laughs> badder players, you know, who say controversial things all season. They act like complete, you know, whatever. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but at the end of the day, people flock to them. And you know what? That is on them. That is not on the jacks. Yeah. And it's not about us saying that they're playing a good game because it's just the proof is in the pudding they are leveraging their social game and their relationships to kind of hopefully protect jack this week and that's ultimately what's going to happen if i truly <laughs> predict that if jack or jackson goes home it's because of a twist what, oh like they got twisted out they got twisted out or like at the very end of the game when they have to go against each other but yeah they're both going very far um okay so Predictions. I know it's way too yeah. early, but we're going to do this every week. Woo! I just want to know, who is your final two right now? My final two is Tommy and whoever Tommy picks to come with him to final two. You think Tommy's <laughs> just going to be at the end of the game pulling the – like he's going to have the pick and playing a strong game. It's obviously Tommy's. I don't even know if like Tommy's name has come out of anyone's house aside from like you know the production guy who says, Tommy, please come to the diary room. Yeah, like, that's the only time they hear his name. Yeah. Fair. Um, okay, so we're going to be doing this. I, it's actually refreshing to kind of not being able to watch it, but talk through different plays and stuff. So we're going to be doing this every week. You can follow Mark on what's all your social uh, Twitter, MarkBBCan7. I'm still new at the Twitter, so I'd never use like hashtags and like it's weird. Yeah, Twitter's uh, a weird. Insta one. is probably an easier one. A short story about Mark. Feel free to follow me there. 
Um, also, on, I'm not on MySpace. So, yeah, just those two. Not on MySpace. <laughs> a short survey mark, very poetic. Oh, uh, you know, because in the house, that was always something I would say was um, if I ever told somebody that I heard, like, you know, there's this guy named Mark. He was also on Big Brother. And it yeah. didn't happen to me, but in a short story about Mark that I'm writing, yeah, it was always yeah, like. <laughs> I'm into that. Um, okay, wait. Actually, before we just log off, quick question. Who do you still keep in touch with from your season? Anthony, for sure. Anthony, Anthony is the guy. I talk to him almost every day. Um, he's the, the thing is, you know, inside the house, people see one thing outside of the house, you know, we're just, we're cool. We're kumbaya. Like this yeah. guy is awesome. Like obviously he voted me out and he, you know, turned the votes around so that I would go home, but he's such a lovely guy and he has like so much knowledge to share. Yeah. So Anthony for sure. So you definitely developed a friendship with him outside of it. Absolutely. House. And I will be seeing him at George street festival. So oh, nice. if you're out in Newfoundland, come say hi. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Check out the boys at the George street festival in newfoundland yeah um follow mark on his social to get all those details we are signing out we have some questions and we'll talk bb21 next week i just want to take a moment to thank you guys for listening if you are on social media twitter and instagram you can follow us at this is thirst if you're an itunes listener if you could take a moment to write a quick review only if you like it obviously you know all this content creation is a numbers game. So if you could rate us five stars and write a review, we'd greatly appreciate that. If you're into Real Housewives and Drag Queen Gossip, our website, www.thirst.ca, covers all the latest gossip. And we also do a cast ranking of Real Housewives after the episode airs. And if you're an avid GIF user, we have a Giphy channel. It's Giphy dot com backslash channel backslash this is thirst and once again you can get access to all of this on our website www.thirst.ca signing out have a good night bye guys